Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, and we are entering our third segment. If you want to catch this whole show or any of our past shows, we've got over a year's worth of shows, hours of content on different topics pertaining to being a man and a husband, father, money, sex, work, you name it. We've talked about it, and we're going to continue to talk about it, Lord willing, on this show. And we're talking today about the soul and... um, the uh, the best way to hear all of our past shows is go to iTunes. You can go to SoundCloud.com. You can go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can listen to that. You can subscribe and get those sent to your phone. If you have an iPhone, get that sent to you automatically and listen in its entirety commercial-free. Thanks to our sponsors, LNN Credit Union, Vision First, and Carol Rogers, Carpet One. We've been talking about the soul, and I said last segment, teasing about this segment, that if you're a guy who likes a system, which everybody wants, y'all guys like to systematize things, and you cannot systematize God, but there is a flow that uh, Ortberg talks about here that I thought was really interesting. And anybody who's in the business world, remember the, the um, uh, oh gosh, who we talked about him yesterday. Seven Habits, Stephen Covey. Remember St- Stephen Covey had one yep. of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? That's a, a classic book. Well, one of those habits was sharpening the saw. And if you don't sharpen your saw, you're never going to be as productive as as you think you are. It'd be just being super busy without a, with a dull saw. So we're, this next chapter, we're talking about the soul needs rest. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about how we need to be with the soul needs to be with God. And now the soul needs rest. And uh, he talks about here in the uh, flowing in the grace of acceptance, um, the beginning movement. And as as we walk, th- you know, what what does that mean to you? Growing in the grace and the and the uh, of acceptance. Jay, you got thoughts? Yeah, actually, uh, one of my roadblocks that I had to have a fulfilling time of silence and solitude was the thought of Jesus, God accepting me for who I was and. Finally, and it took a long time to finally come to the realization he just wants to be there with me. The God, the creator of the universe, (laughs) wants to sit here in this room with me this morning, and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to try to impress him. I don't have to say any fancy prayers or words. He just wants to be with me. And that that was kind of an overwhelming thought to me and a new thought that it's okay to just sit here and be with him. And... That's what he wants, not just now, but every moment of the day. He, um, he, and to get there, because we're such, we, as we talked earlier, we're such doers. But we, we have to earn it. We yeah. got to earn it. We, we no, don't, we, don't we, we can't earn it. He accepts me for who I am right now. If, if, if yes, we could does. earn it, then Jesus Christ went to the cross for naught, right? Exactly. Those are words, Kurt, that we all agree with, but then we have a miserable failure in our walk. We lose our cool, something, and we just feel like we need a few days to find our way back to him. Mm. And Jay's words just inspired me now, the idea that he wants to be with me. And I think I need, I think this rest idea is so key. Can I put in a plug for your retreat now? <laughs> I, I I remember, I think it was our very first retreat when we began to look at the idea of silence, just silencing ourselves, resting in him. It was even okay 
because the soul gets tired if you needed to nap. We did some alone time in our room. But it, for me, it starts with a concept that he does love me so much, Jay, that he wants to be with me, that he loves me immeasurably, beyond what I can comprehend, that he is the best coach that I can imagine times a thousand. He's the one that's always on my side, always cheering for me, always helping me back up. Not the austere, angry teacher, parent, whatever we have in our minds. Hmm. So a picture of his, how loving he really is toward every one of us. And, and that really moves us so that we can rest. That we can rest in him because we're confident now. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on his love. And I can relax in him and not take on an agenda that has to be done. It's so much grace to live in. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's beautiful. And then he moves into, the, not, uh, number one, acceptance. The next one is sustenance. Um, Vince, you got thoughts on that? You know, J- Jesus, how do we replenish his spirit? He prayed. He had a circle of close friends, the 12 who were with him throughout his life in ministry. He engaged in regular corporate worship. He fed his mind with scripture. He enjoyed walking in creation, in the mountains, in the garden, in the le- by, on the Lake of Galilee. He took long walks, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> this, this, this idea of sustenance, it, it's, it's not necessarily something that you do one time, and that's the only time you mm, do it. Good point. It, it, it goes back to what we talked about, the habits. But in here it says that Jesus engaged in these practices. Mm. He engaged in them. And that, that gives me the idea that it's a daily, hourly, whatever it is. But it's set aside time. It's engagement. It means it's active. You know, it's not about doing and it's not about earning, but it's, it's you know, when you want to, when you want to grow your soul and your connection with God, then you have to, you have to be active in doing something. And then who do we follow? Who's the model we follow? Well, we follow Jesus's model. Mm. And that, that's, this book describes that very well, just like you said, Kurt. He's, uh, he's engaged. I like how you mentioned that. Jay, you were going to say something. Jesus loved to do something that I really identify with. The night before he picked his 12 apostles, which was also the night before he gave his longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where did he go? <laughs> he went up on a mountain. By himself. He didn't just go up on a mountain, but he stayed there all night long. But I, and I can just picture him up on that mountain, maybe built him a little far. Just got re Mountains are special to me too i've always i don't and i've never been able to really explain why but to be on a mountain or to see a mountain is my sweet spot i think that is where my soul is really refreshed really grows and i love it and and i love that connection with jesus thinking he really liked this too which is pretty cool and you know also shows the lies of, of his human side that he was refreshed by that. His soul was refreshed by that, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, and he also was he was in the mountains, but he was also on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and it is fantastic to be able to be on. I mean, he went would jump in a boat and go across the lake, and uh, it's just refreshing to be on the water. When I don't know about you guys, but the ocean as well. Yes. 
Um, My wife's the ocean person. I'm, I'm the mountain guy. I, I just love mountains. Uh, well, go to, go um, to the mountains, but make sure you go to the ocean, oh, we too. Go to that, probably do that more. <laughs> Both of my wives love the ocean. <laughs> By the way, Kurt's married to one woman. Right <laughs> I just want to clarify that to our new listeners. He Getting dicey. One wife. <laughs> the Nancy Salver. <laughs> yes, that's right. Kristen used to love to go to the ocean, and... Uh, now she's she's where there is no more sea. The Bible says there's no more sea up in the, up in the heavens. But Nancy, we love to go to the ocean, and uh, just fantastic. Um, it is. It's a refreshing, and it, it's it kind of gets back down to that sustainment, refreshment. It, you know, it, you it, enjoy refreshment, right? Why do you drink a whatever your favorite beverage is? Well, it's because it's refreshing. Do you do it one time and go, man, that's great. I can I can live on that for the rest of my life. It's good stuff. We, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Jesus I- engages in all these things and to sustain him, and and that's a, a piece of of rest. You're going to say something, Brian? I, I just love the story in this chapter of, that uh, uh, Letty Cowman uh, relates about the uh, the the people traveling through Africa and the ones that carried their <laughs> oh, yeah. on the journey. And they, they had to sit the next morning after a long day because they had to let their souls catch up with their mm, bodies. That's yeah. And that's yeah. just a great picture of what Jay's doing sitting on a mountain, what Nancy's doing by the ocean, allowing their soul to catch up with the bodies. And certainly when we witness God's glory, which can happen in nature. A friend of mine the other day was talking about a run. I'm a runner. And friend was talking about we were out on a run one day I didn't remember the occasion and we came upon a homeless guy you know you're running we don't have money to give him nothing but he said to me he looked in the face of this guy and saw God Mm. now that was a soul moment Kurt that was a grace-filled moment Mm. and go uh, back and meet him no this is (laughs) this is years ago you know that he's telling me this story but uh, on an occasion we were running together so we don't have to have them in great places in nature, but that certainly is a, a, a transcendent place for us, too. So, so when we find rest for our souls, um, we can be even jogging yeah. and, and be finding rest for our souls. But then the third, the third movement he calls uh, a movement of significance. This is something beyond ourselves. Um, he, he, you know, Jesus, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city on a hill. And so many times we base our significance on what we do and uh, our accomplishments, but that's not really who we are. And say we're going to take a break and we're going to pick up on the next uh, final segment about significance and, and carry on here uh, on John, John Ortberg's book. We're uh, studying and walking through soul keeping. The name of the show is Solid Steps Radio. We believe you were meant to walk with God. And that's why we named the show Solid Steps Radio. Men, you have a destiny, and that is destiny is to walk with God, taking solid steps. So thank you for listening. We're going to be back for one more segment on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our final segment. Unfortunately, man, this time is flying by on such an awesome topic with some awesome guys talking about uh, the soul, and we are going through the past uh, last week, this week, and next week. We're going to wrap up Soul Keeping with John Ortberg, uh, his book, and we're covering today chapters uh, 10, 11, and 12. But we really, the past segment, we were talking about uh, what Ortberg calls the cycle of grace, 
that Jesus uh, relied on his acceptance of who he was. He is the Son of God, and he was acceptance of that, accepting of that. And uh, he just starts from acceptance. And then the second one is the next movement is called that of sustenance, sustenance, or a sustaining grace. Uh, the things that God, that Jesus did to. Uh, kind of feed his soul. And then the last segment, right before we went to break, we talked about the third uh, movement in the cycle of grace, and that is called significance and how Jesus, uh, Scott Ortberg says here, significance is about who we are before it is about what we do. And we, we've really been talking about it, this, it's being, not so much doing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we don't do things. But uh, Vince, you, you, in the break, you talked about, um, and he mentions in here about our soul can get fatigued. And you're going to comment on that. Yeah. So, you know, this chapter is the soul craves rest. Essentially, that's what it's about. And so the opposite of rest is what? Fatigue. Um, and so, so Orberg goes into talking about that soul fatigue damages our relationships with the people in our lives. When mm. we don't let that soul rest, then it begins to damage relationships. And so he gives some uh, a few points about... Uh, what does it look like when the soul doesn't, uh, when the soul is fatigued? What does that look like? So these are a few things I'll just touch on. Things seem to bother you more than they should. So when does that ever happen to any of us? And I, I can't relate. No. Yeah, next. <laughs> it's hard to make up your mind about even a simple decision. I know I've been there. Hmm. Impulses to eat or drink or spend or crave are harder to resist than they otherwise would be. So Satan wants you to be fatigued. So temptation is not easily pushed against. Mm. And then the last that I saw, well, there's actually a few more, but uh, you are more likely to favor short-term gains in ways that leave you with high-term costs. And then a few more, your judgment is suffering. So we talk about that physically when you're tired, your judgment, but this is your soul, possibly other sin-related judgments. And then you have less courage. And I just, I relate to that so well. You know, Vince, he says in there, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Mm. Like, wow, that is, that is so. So going back to this whole concept of rest um, and, and living in God's acceptance, walking in this sustenance where God is sustaining us, we're doing life-giving things, and then significance. And Jay, you were going to you had a comment in the break about this whole piece of significance. Yeah, you talked about significance involving grace, not just flowing into us, but also through us. Mm. So a huge, huge point, I think, of this book and of this whole subject is it's not just about us. You know, what big effect God has on us the bigger effect is others around us. It's not just about us. It's about everybody that we're in contact with, not just our families, but like Brian said, the person that he's working on in a dental chair or the homeless person on the street, we see people differently if we're looking at them in the presence of God. As a cop, you, wow. you, 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 as a cop, okay. <laughs> move on. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. I, I, remember, I, I got pulled over uh, a while back. Now you're trying to get out of a ticket. Uh, yeah. And and uh, this guy came up to me, and I was like, oh no. And and he, yeah. But he he was so gracious to me. And now at first he was pretty firm. Um, but but he he turned the corner and. Uh, I found out later <laughs> he was in one of my Bible studies <laughs> years ago, and he knew who I was, and I didn't recognize him. And 
Um, but it's, it's amazing how w- we can walk in a room and if we are, are, if our soul is, is not fatigued, if our soul is rested, if our soul is, ha- has been with God, um, we can be so life-giving and, and, and then the opposite is so true. We've all known people like that in our lives, I think. I can think of a few people that just permeated God, that it, you could almost see or feel God through them. And that's, I think, the person that is connected with God, that is good at practicing the presence of God. God just flows the living like he talked about. And, and I'm not good with song lyrics, but there's a song out there that I think says something to the effect of you breathe grace in you 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 breathe it out. Yeah, great so picture. That, that picture. Yeah. I mean, that's I I think that's why Jesus says, "Come to me, mm. come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, mm. and I will give you rest." My my for my <laughs> yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And He wants us to have souls that are lifted up, our souls that so that not so that we're not just blessed, but the, so that we can be a blessing. To others, we're going to go straight into this last um, resting in achievement. How, you know, he, he talks about acceptance and sustenance, and then um, a significance, and then lastly, achievement. Jesus achieved a great deal. He taught. He healed. He befriended. He recruited. He trained. He traveled. He confronted. He he launched the greatest movement in human history. Um, and so, talk about that as you guys read that. Well, real quick, do you know that I heard Howard Hendricks say this once, that we have less than 60 days of Jesus's life recorded in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Think about 33 years of life, what he did in 60, less than 60 days on recorded with all the rest he took and still what he accomplished. He rested and got more accomplished mm. than we could ever accomplish by putting our nose to the grindstone. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Thoughts, guys? You're talking about the uh, the cycle of works. I, I really love how Ortberg finished it. He said, but to remain healthy, mm. our souls need solitude with no agenda, no distractions, no noise. If someone asks you what you did in your time apart, the correct response should be nothing. Oh, he and he closes out the chapter. He says one of the greatest things you can do for your soul is nothing. Nothing. Just be still and know that he is God. It's hard to accomplish my agenda that way, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean sincerely that that is a real obstacle to overcome in in our hearts. It's it's a huge obstacle. And the retreat, and I'll plug it too, was so good at plugging us and helping us to figure out how to be by ourselves. But I'll absolutely love this quote he used by blaze pascal and this guy's <laughs> lived in the 1600s but he was he was kind of an early day dallas willard he was a writer mathematician mm-hmm. philosopher and his quote is and remember this is in the 1600s i have discovered that all the unhappiness of men arises from one single fact 
that they are unable to stay quietly in their own room. <laughs> yes. I got a house full of kids there that way. <laughs> is that great? That is true. And that's 400 years ago. Think oh, about man. how much worse it is today with all the distractions we oh, have. Oh, my goodness. That's is why. your unhappiness, Chad, because your kids can't stay in their room? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a little spin. Oh, man. You know, I, I love, as we wrap this up, guys, um, I, I want you guys, the, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He, he, he leads us beside still waters. And, and Orberg asks the question, where are your green pastures? Where are your still waters? Just, just real quickly. Uh, for me, it's uh, often a walk in nature. That's good. A, a walk in nature by myself. I love to use the parklands here in town. And uh, 19 miles of trail now or, or path. And uh, being alone, just some of it's prayerful, some of it's thinking, some of it's listening. That's good. Jay? I've touched on mine some. I have several, actually, but probably my biggest one is mountains. Love to go to mountains. I've even taken it to the extreme. I went uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania a few years ago, and it was a 10-day religious experience for me. It was just phenomenal, a, a life-changing experience, and it's, that's mine. That's awesome. Yeah, I think very similar is uh, just being out in God's creation, just to see his majesty, how, how he formed everything um, to me. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, sometimes even in my own house, sometimes in those quiet times at late at night or early in the morning uh, are just times for me. What about you, Chad? Uh, getting alone w- with uh, a good book and a journal and just opening it up and writing thoughts that are bouncing around in my head. But again, I'm like these guys. When I get out in God's creation, I'm getting totally surrounded by what he created, mm. and it's quiet. Mm. That's where, and I don't like, like most people, like Blaze said, sitting alone by myself in quietness is, is too loud. Mm. I like to be busy. Well, guys, uh, listeners, uh, thanks, thanks you guys for sharing. Thanks for coming in here and just kind of opening your heart, your soul up to our listeners. Our prayer for you guys, um, not just here in the studio, but as you are listening, that you would look at your soul and that God would refresh your soul and that you would put into play, put into practices the, 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 the things that help you nurture your soul so that you can enjoy the great catechism says uh, what is the chief end of man to glorify god and to enjoy him forever uh vince would you close us in prayer pray for us guys as we as we look at our souls absolutely father we're so thankful uh, you created us uh, you breathe soul into us and, and as men as we begin to tackle this what we can say is maybe a soft subject but we know that it's so powerful once we Uh, abide in you and we connect the vine to your living water uh, then we know that the soul can be released to do your work and I pray that you uh, give us those opportunities through uh, uh, allowing us to clean our schedules off and and focus on you and just resting in you we thank you for this uh, ministry it's in Christ's name we pray Amen. Amen. So thanks for listening. If you wanted to hear more of our shows, go to SoundCloud, go to iTunes or Facebook, type in Solid Steps Radio. If you're interested on soul transformation retreats, go to furtherstoneministries.org to get more information on that. So thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. With every step I take.